if I came into your business and said, I can increase productivity by a minimum of 20% in your business, um, you would think I was selling you a software or, or something, and you'd probably give me a substantial chunk of change to do that. But when I say, well, I want to increase productivity for, by a minimum of 20% in your business by sending your people home, they think you're crazy. You've scanned the headlines, read the articles, and liked the posts. Now listen to the experts themselves in the Future of Work podcast, presented by allwork.space. Are you ready? Hello, and welcome to the Future of Work podcast by allwork.space. I'm Jo Mernier, and today we're talking about the four-day work week. We're going to be exploring how it all works, why companies are experimenting with it, and how it might impact the future of work. And who better to talk to than Charlotte Lockhart, the founder and managing director of Four Day Week Global, a campaign that provides research and insights to help organizations make informed decisions about developing their own flexible work policies, and ultimately to help more people benefit from a shorter but more productive working week. I'm really looking forward to digging into this. So welcome, Charlotte, and thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. Lovely to talk to you. Right, let's dig in then. So first of all, I'd just like to know a little bit about your career background, if, if you if you would, um, and, and how that led to you starting the four-day week. Right. Um, so I have a career that sort of spans sort of legal and financial services uh, through the early part of my working life and then uh, came to work at Perpetual Guardian and we we bought, well, we had Perpetual Trust and then we bought Guardian Trust. And we came on the four-day week uh, run because Andrew Barnes, my partner, decided that uh, he he read a an article in The Economist that said that productivity in the UK was less than three hours a day, and it was worse in Canada, if you've got any Canadian subscribers <laughs> there. Um, and, and and he was interested in, academically interested in why that is and whether that was happening in our business and, and was it the things that happen in, our, in people's ordinary lives that were getting away, getting in the way of people being able to be productive at work. So he sent an email to our head of HR and said, hey, Christine, I've got this crazy idea. How about we give people a day off and see if we can improve productivity? She apparently deleted that email because she's thinking, I'm not having any of that. This man's a crazy person. <laughs> um, and But then the rest is history. We, he, we, we, we did run a very successful four-day week in our business in Perpetual Guardian. Um, and we ran academic research that ran alongside it. So it wasn't just that, you know, with what we were reporting out afterwards wasn't just our word. It was, you know, it was what the, what the ac independent academics had found. And the results were phenomenal. And probably uh, well known to, to, your, to your listeners or viewers. So, but what then happened for us is that whenever we traveled, there were, people were like, oh, well, you know, hey, I'd love to catch up. And so we started meeting people, businesses, academics, um, people like the TUC, you know, it, it just people that were interested in what re reduced our working might actually look like. Mm -hmm. And the, it became clear that there was a real need for a proper conversation. So we established Four Day Week Global and the Four Day Week Global Foundation, basically as as a, as an entity to to really sort of have those conversations with. Mm -hmm. And then halfway through next year, last uh, sorry last year, halfway through next year, there's my whole life, and uh, <laughs> uh, halfway through last year, 
it just became clear that we couldn't do all of this on our own. And so we hired a CEO, a chap called Joe O'Connor, who's an Irishman who, and he was leading for the main part, the, the, the campaign for a four day week in Ireland. Um, and he very kindly came over to us and he's based in New York and possibly soon moving to Toronto. Um, and, and he's then growing what we did into an entire organization. So we now have six staff around the globe and we run th these group pilot programs that people will now be familiar with uh, knowing that we are part of. And so and so we've got pilot programs in Ireland, UK, US, Canada, Australasia, are soon to be Europe and, um, and, and then also other parts of Asia and the Middle East. So, and, and sorry, in South America, not to forget Brazil and Chile and, and uh, Peru. Um, and so, uh, so, so, so that's kind of what we do. That's, that's, where, that's mm -hmm. where we're done. That's amazing. And these pilot programs, how do they work in terms of, is it, um, do the companies continue to pay workers the same salary, but they effectively drop um, a working day? So workers are trying to cram effectively five days into four. Well, we say cram, but the reality is that, so, and, and so point number one, we talk really about reducing work time. Not all businesses can close their doors on, on a single mm -hmm. day and or it just doesn't work necessarily. And also w having a whole day off doesn't necessarily suit all of your staff. Mm -hmm. If you're a working parent, having to, being able to come in at 10 o'clock in the morning every day might suit you better. Yeah. Um, so so we, we, we do encourage businesses to be flexible in terms of how they provide the time off. But what we have is what we call our 180-100 rule. So 100% pay, 80% time, as long as 100% productivity is achieved. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and often people do go down the crammed way, uh, you know, in terms of oh, how am I going to cram all of that in, in, into less time? But actually what we get businesses to do is focus in on productivity. So mm -hmm. don't talk about busy, but talk about what is productive. And that is, you know, frees the business up to truly look at why it, it exists and what their mm -hmm. staff, you know, can do to help with that. Um, and it might be just as simple as running meetings better, or it might be, an, you know, better use of software, or it might be um, sort of redesigning the way that your production line works. There's all sorts of different things that people do to to try and change the way that their business is productive and mm -hmm. get rid of um, busyness. And, it, you know, back to the, the research that was there, less than three hours a day for the UK. So what are we doing for the other four and a half hours? Yeah. So it's all about efficiency, really. It's making it's making better use of time. Yes. Yep. Yeah. But, but also being clear about why you're there. What, what, how are you using your time? Not just better use of time, but what are you using your time for? Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it's, it's easy. And I'm, I'll use meetings as an example, because it, it, it's something that most people uh, have, have an issue with. But it, obviously, there are more specific things for manufacturing or, or other uh, types. And meetings are a classic. I mean, how many times have you been to a meeting where you didn't really feel like you needed to be there? And on your desk is that report that you still need to finish, but you go, okay, well, I'll go to this meeting and then I'll do the report tonight after the kids have gone to bed. 
Well, why? Your job was to get the report done. And so often I challenge people when 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 you find yourself in that situation and you get invited along to uh, to a meeting, is email the organiser and say, do you really need me there? Because I've got a very important report that I need to do. So, I, so if you don't need me, I will do that. Mm-hmm. And then see how many meetings you get uninvited to. Right? <laughs> That's amazing. Get there. Um, mm-hmm. And then it's it, it's also about um, uh, making sure that you have an agenda. So one of our people, he has a rule, no agenda, no attender. He won't <laughs> go to a meeting that doesn't have an agenda. <laughs> and then sticking to the agenda and sticking, starting on time and finishing on time. Mm-hmm. You know, and so a lot of these are very simple time management things that we all know, but we don't tend to use in, with discipline in practice. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, a, it's about that. I get a lot of managers who, um, is when they go through the program, A, they love going to work now because their people are really happy. But the other thing that, uh, that they find is that because everyone's clear about why they're there, they can get their jobs done better. And so they come to their managers left it often with questions or with a need for self-soothing and, and you know, oh, good, yes, you're doing a good job. And, all, you know, and, and they come, they, they do better problem solving themselves. And so they go to their managers. So often managers and leaders within a business find that they've got a whole pile of extra time because their people are just getting on with doing their jobs mm-hmm. yeah rather absolutely. than um, disrupting them and I mean what manager doesn't relate to that you know <laughs> people constantly knocking on their virtual door going yeah. but it sounds to me that every benefit every business in the world could benefit from this approach even if they don't choose to to go with the four-day week this, well, this, this is a, yeah it's a business improvement strategy yes now the reason why it works is because if so, if you say to your staff, "Hey guys, let's um, I, you know, I'd really like you to be um, more productive," and so you know, I want to look at what you're doing, and and you know, maybe I'll get these time and motion consultants in, and you know, we want to have a look at business, and and, and you know, and, and I want to make the business more productive. All that your staff hear is you want me to do more with less, and layoffs are on the way. Yes, but if you say to your staff, Look, guys, if we can be more productive at work, I would like you guys to have more time at home. Mm-hmm. And then I'm so motivated to find those things in your business that help the business be more productive because you're going to give me the thing that I can use the most and I can mm-hmm. use it for family time. Uh, looking after children or, or aged relatives, I can use it as being part of the community. I can use it for sport and or, or health. I can use it for further education. I can use mm-hmm. it as being part of civic duties. I mean, there's just so many other things. I can learn a new skill, mm-hmm. um, a new language. You know, mm-hmm. upskill my for my job. Upskill for a different job. Get a side hustle. Um, yeah. But these are all things that 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 I you know want. To, to do that aren't necessarily around making you more money. They're about making me more full. And and there are a number of markets around the world. I'm looking at you, the Americans, um, where, you know, there's this whole uh, work ethic. There's that, that, yeah, but we have this work ethic. We, Mm -hmm. we, you know, we think that you should work hard. And I'm not saying you shouldn't work hard. I'm just saying divide what we traditionally call work. So that's 
being employed by somebody else as being work and then work at being you. Yes. That's still work. It's just that it's not the sort of thing that's over here. And so it's about actually having a psychology around being a better person, Mm -hmm. having time for it. There's this whole world out there that talks about self-improvement and being a better person and all that stuff. But the question is, when? When? When do you find time for it? <laughs> when do you find time? And 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 some some in, you know and some organisations that we have some one one uh, large and multinational said to me, well, that's all very well in Charlotte, but fine Charlotte. But I know on average my people work fifty three hours, and I'm like, well, why wouldn't you use the hundred eighty hundred principle to get them down to forty hours? Yeah. You know, you know, it's not necessarily about getting down straight down to 30 or 32 mm-hmm. hours mm-hmm. it's about actually putting work in its place mm-hmm. and so I have a line that I use with um with all of our um global leaders out there and I share it with with everybody in your in your program here and that is we need to remember as leaders that we borrow our people from their lives I love that yes that is great. Right? And so it's about perspective, mm-hmm. and um, and and there's no, you know, when and what you'll find when you do this program is that your uh, your employees will really love being where they are, and you might have a really engaged workforce already, but when they become better people outside of work or mm-hmm. outside of your work, and they go do their own work, um, then they actually become more rounded and more whole. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, we become better problem solvers. We become happier at work. We, there's so many things that fill us up. We become better people. We actually perform better at your workplace as a consequence of that. So mm-hmm. this is not a crazy, oh, let's just all let our people go home thing. This is about how do you improve your business at this time, mm-hmm. When the Great Resignation and all of these other, you know, these the, these other catchphrases that we have, where you, you know the staff have the um, they have they have the right, they, mm-hmm. you know, they have the control. They yes. will work for the employers who give them the place that is going to allow them to work mm-hmm. the way they want to work. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, as employers, we just have to, or maybe mm-hmm. fortunately, we actually have to catch up. Yeah. And I can see the benefits for, for both sides, for the employees who gain a lot in terms of better work life balance and more time doing what they want to do. Um, and for the business leaders who then get productivity, they get more motivated people working for them. Um, but how do you when you're approaching you know, a CEO for the first time, how do you sell that idea to them? I've spoken to a few people about this four day week you know, the past few weeks, just trying to gauge um perceptions and yep. there's a real split some people are like yeah it's great but others are quite suspicious and oh no I you can't possibly drop a whole working day so how do you how do you well it? so so there are two things here one one is you know so if I if I came into your business and said I can increase productivity by a minimum of 20 percent in your business um you would think I was selling you a software or or something and you'd probably give me a substantial chunk of change to do that but when I say, well, I want to increase productivity for, by a minimum of 20% in your business by sending your people home, they think you're crazy. 
So it's actually, again, it's all about perception. We're actually going to improve your business or you are going to, you actually, and your people are going to improve your business by by doing this. So that's point number one. But the other thing with, with, with business leaders is that it's this, it's, so Henry Ford put in the five-day work week in his business, but he's also attributed to saying that whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you are right. And the business leaders that I work with the most are the ones that go, you know what, I can make that work. Or, you know what, I don't know how I'm going to make that work, but I really like the idea. Tell me more. Let me work on how. Those The business leaders that go, that will never work are Henry Fording themselves mm-hmm. because they're not agile enough in their thinking. You know, and I and I get people go, oh, well, that would never work in law, or it'll never work in recruitment, or it'll never. And yet, there are law firms, there are recruiters. I mean, recruiting. I got that the other day. It'll never work in recruiting, except it's one of the biggest industries of people that are doing the full day week. So, it it just comes down to the the mental agility of the leadership's mind. Mm-hmm. Point number one. Point number two is that this is an employee-led program. Mm-hmm. So what happens, people often ask me, so well, tell me about the times when it has failed. Well, it fails when the CEO and the C-suite try and solve all the problems around how are we going to do this from the C-suite. And they need to solve all of those problems first before running a pilot to find out how they might do all of that and letting their people solve it. And so what we, you know, when we're talking about this, we're not saying, right, one day you're a um, five-day-a-week business and then the next day you're a four-day or a reduced-hours business. It's a process to get there, and that's why we recommend people use a pilot program. So mm-hmm. we, um, we spend about two months with a company getting them pilot-ready before, before they go on the program, and that's about helping them identify their measures and and, and you know, a few of this is structural things. Plus, we also have global research that they plug into. So, therefore, they know they can benchmark themselves against themselves, their, you know, their own time, but also against others. Um, and then, then you run a pilot for six months or more if you want. No one says it has to be less. As I know, no one says it has to be more. Some companies want it to even be less. But you run a pilot and you try things. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I often recommend try, I mean, in Perpetual Guardian, we did a four-day week. We didn't close the offices for a day. People took different days off through the week. Right. But we, but people took a whole day off. And what we've ended up with is, you know, post-pandemic, because, of course, we were doing it before the pandemic, what we've ended up with, which I think is what a lot of companies, of course, are moving to, flexible, remote, and, and reduced. And it's about... It's about learning all of the fabulous things that we learned with the pandemic. And and I love the fact that everyone, you know, the the government officials seem to think that sending the civil service back to the office is going to fix their productivity. (laughs) Okay, I get the civil service productivity is probably not great with them working from home, but it wasn't good before the pandemic. (laughs) I'm not entirely sure how it is that actually them coming back to the office changes anything. (laughs) 
um, you know, you've got to look at how people work the best and use that as the thing. And all of the wise businesses and the agile business leaders and the, the business leaders that want the best businesses, that's what they're all doing. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners here, you know, that's the reason why they're listening to your podcast is because they're trying to find what is best practice. How, mm-hmm. can, you know, how can they how can they do things but reduce hours working is coming it's a train it's on it's it's already on the track you can either be in the front and and coming or Mm -hmm. on the train midstream or following in the dust it's realistically going to be entirely your choice there is no reason he talked about um the fact that it's um you know it's good for um workers and it's good for businesses but it's actually really good for our society as well Mm, yeah you know, mm-hmm. we will have parents that spend more time with their children. Mm-hmm. We will have grandparents that spend more time with their own children. Our, our elderly will get to spend more time. We will upskill, which we all need to do. The younger, mm-hmm. the young ones, Lisa, they're all taught at school that what they are learning now won't be relevant in five years' time. But how are they going to keep their skills current if mm-hmm. they don't have time? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll be fitter and healthier because this is the problem with not having enough time. It's just too easy to pick up food on the way home because I'm short of time and I'm hungry. Yes. Of course, mm-hmm. when I'm short of time and I'm hungry, I don't make good food choices. Mm-hmm. And our, the, our global, in the, in, the, in the developed world, the pandemic of obesity is reflecting that. Mm-hmm. So therefore, being able to have time to cook and or at least make better food choices, it's going to be better for our health. The yeah. UK loses nearly 18 million workdays a year to workplace stress and mental health. 18 million workdays. So if we can reduce that down, one in four in the UK of our staff have a mental health or workplace stress problem. So 25% of your population, are, your, your staff, are not working to their capacity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are we going to give them time to get on top of that and be able to, to be better? And what's the impact to the NHS of all those people on, yes. you know, sure. lorazepam? You know, it's... And particularly straight after the pandemic, um, it's absolutely. And is yeah. this is this why there's such a big movement happening now? Is it the pandemic that has fueled this sort of um, newfound awakening, if you like, of this four day work week and the benefits it can have? Yeah, look, I think so. I mean, we were having some pretty serious conversations and we were supporting quite a few people um, shift over to a four day week beforehand. But what the what the pandemic has created is it, it one of the biggest problems prior to the pandemic was the whole um how can i trust my people if i can't see them mm-hmm. you know and, and and actually understanding what productivity is in the business and because we've all gone home to work a lot of businesses have had to solve some of those trust and some of those workplace conundrums because it was forced on them so therefore they're already that little bit closer to being able to do this and so the pandemic has certainly changed it from that perspective but it also has changed it from the the whole great resignation where people are saying I am I want to work the way that I want to work and if you can't offer me that 
then I'm going to go work for someone else. And if I'm, you know, at a job interview, the are you doing a four-day week or do you offer flexible and remote working is a question that, that employees are asking now. Mm-hmm. And they'll go work for someone else that's not going to give them what they want, what that wants. And that might also be that I want to work in an office that, you know, but where people do go to the office. I mean, so it's about understanding and being agile in your leadership around how you provide that. And that, that'll be what a lot of your listeners are confronting already. Mm-hmm. I find it really interesting that last summer, Tim Cook said, CEO of, of Apple, mm-hmm. uh, said to um, said to all the people, hey, guys, when we go back to work, we're going to just go in three days a week. And he got panned by his people. They sent in letters going, no, it's not what we want at all. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing is, prior to the pandemic, if he'd said, hey, guys, how about we shift to this model where we only come in three days a week, they'd have probably thought he was a genius. <laughs> but post-pandemic, they expect to be consulted. Yes. And that's the difference. And this, I imagine, that each of your, your listeners, this will be the, what they are they're working through. Mm-hmm. Um, how we hear this time and again. Yeah, time it's about choice and flexibility. Yeah. It is. And why wouldn't you? You know, the reality is when we start treating our staff like our business partners and actually consult with them, how can we make the business better? And they give you true valid answers to that. Then, you know, it's, and I know, you know, sorry, um, any staff members are out there, but this is for the business leaders. I know that sometimes managing people feels like managing children. (laughs) But we often treat them like children. We don't give them autonomy. We don't give them the, the ability to make decisions for themselves. We don't give them. So, so we put them into that space. We create a culture that says that we are that space. And mm-hmm. mummy and daddy in the C-suite and everybody else in the kindergarten. So mm-hmm. actually, um, you know, how is it that we, and this is where the successful businesses are, are going. They're going, it's a partnership. Staff don't have a job without the leadership. Leadership don't have a job without the staff. So yeah, I'm absolutely. not sure why it's it's not combative. It's actually partnership. Yeah. And with um with the work that you do at the four day week global, um, yes. what is your ultimate goal? What do you hope to achieve out of this? I mean, you're raising awareness. Um, you're doing so much of that. Um, but is there is there a percentage? Is there something that you want to reach? Um. What is your... We want to get to the point where it will become uh, it'll become the, the normal way of working, mm-hmm. um, and arguably we will get to a point where government will legislate to change the way that we work. Okay. I don't want to necessarily have the government to legislate it yet, mm-hmm. um, and there are pockets of legislation around the world for this. But the problem is, government's not knowing for knowing for getting these things right. What we need from them is support so that the business community can find what's right and economic. Because we also don't want something that's going to, we're going into a recession. We, we know this, right? It's just the way that the economic cycle, it's called a cycle for a reason, economic cycle works. And we know that we will go into a recession. And so it's not about how, you know, how, businesses losing money or and we don't want businesses to lose money we don't want uh, the the economy to be impacted too greatly because 
we need the taxes to pay for all of the other bits and pieces. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we live in our in our world where there is, a, a, you know, there's money that goes around that pays for the things that we we need it to. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so long term, over the next uh, five years, I would like to see that we get to a point where so many businesses are doing reduced hours working that government goes, okay, let's engage with what law change will look like. Okay. I mean, at the moment, there are little bits of law that they could fix. Each country has its own sort of things that, um, which get in the way of flexible and remote working being mm. easy. And there's some there's some fixing that could be done as far as that mm-hmm. sort of is concerned. Mm-hmm. There is a bit of a shift over to gig. We are pretty anti-gig in, in our world. We think that it it gig is a way that workers' rights just get completely disintermediated and it takes people down to a zero-hour contract. That isn't healthy for society. And by work, reducing work time, we can we can we can do it a different way. Mm-hmm. And for for companies that are interested in perhaps taking part in a pilot themselves, or for workers who might want to nominate their company to take part in a pilot. Yep. What should they do? What What are the okay, next steps? Okay, so we've got we've got also on our website, which is fourdayweek.com, the number four fourdayweek.com. Mm-hmm. That you can register for any of our pilots that we've got underway. And if if we haven't got one in your uh, in your region, then we, we have them coming up. So just yeah. we just like we, we will do another UK one. We're doing Europe um, next year. So just just register for any of them and say where you are the other thing we have is we have a how to persuade your boss <laughs> oh yes <laughs> uh, so we run we run little webinars for 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 people so if you want to persuade your boss then go in there click in and register for a how to persuade your boss um and that will give you all of the, the tools and the language to use and 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 and, and what are the, the, the things that you need to discuss with your boss fantastic well just before just before we finish can you give us a few um pointers on how to persuade your boss to uh consider a four-day week well so ultimately your boss don't forget has to um is, is responsible for the profitability and the money side of it so you have to speak the language of money you have to make it sure that they know that it's not going to affect productivity because you can sort of say well it'll make us all happy but and and you know you might have a nice boss that that matters to but in the end their shareholders require them to make money so therefore what you're saying is if we do this program and we can increase the productivity and profitability of the business, will you let us try it? Mm -hmm. And you don't actually have to sell a whole four-day week or a whole um, reduced 32, 30-hour week. You just have to sell the idea of running a pilot. Mm -hmm. It's a much lower barrier because then they can work it out. And, And we have, as I say, this global academic research, so they will have proper validated data to be able to present to the board at the end of it to be able to measure the success. Fantastic. And with the pilots that are currently happening now, I know there's one that's just started here in the UK. It's yes. about a month, month into. Yes. Um, when do we, when, 
are you um, privy to some of the information on that? Are you able to find out the, uh, the data and how it's going so far? Well, we, so we, so we, we once we get to we we look at the data again once we get into three months. Yeah. Um, and then obviously again at the at the end of the six months. But what's coming out of it is is all of these usual. Um, stories around the fact that it's the best thing that people have ever done, that the staff are really happy, that they're finding all sorts of really quite clever things within their business that, uh, that they hadn't anticipated they'd be able to do. And one of the other pieces of advice that we hear time and time again is, wow, it was easier than I thought. <laughs> And that is, I think, the the thing. It realistically, yeah. it is. It, it, there's a woman that runs a chain of restaurants in Spain, in Madrid, and she runs her businesses on a four day week. And that is the piece of advice that she says. Andrew Barnes mentioned it in a in a speech, and she goes, "Wow, that is just so the piece of advice." She said, "I'm going to use that all of the time. It is easier than you think." That is fantastic. And what a way to finish. We are just about at the end of our episode. Um, I still have a ton of questions to ask you. So <laughs> I, hopefully we got through as much as we could. But um, thank you so much, Charlotte, for coming on and talking to us today about the four day week. And um, so go to the website. And if um, any of our listeners want to contact you directly, um, should they contact you on LinkedIn or through the website? Yes, they can. Like, well, my email address is on the website, but they, they are also very, very welcome to contact me on LinkedIn. Fantastic. Well, that is great. Thank you so much. And safe travels back to New Zealand. And, and we Thank hope you. to catch up with you again soon. Absolutely. If it's impacting the future of work, it's in the Future of Work podcast by allwork.space. Are you ready?